Coming up on this episode of Open for Business, sex, politics, religion, and yes, pricing too. How should you price out your product or service? Also, the best and worst of 2012 marketing campaigns. All that and more coming up on episode 60 of Open for Business. This is the Hartford Online Radio Network. 21st Century Audio. Delivered. Elbowhorn.com. Bandwidth for On the Horn is provided by Amazon S3 servers. Amazon S3 is storage over the internet. Retrieve any amount of data at any time from anywhere on the web. Highly scalable, reliable, secure, fast, and inexpensive. All from a name you trust, Amazon. For more information about Amazon S3 storage, visit aws.amazon.com. Hi, I'm Brian Parker. I'm joined tonight by Tommy Russo, the Zen Master co-owner of LNR Productions, the full service advertising audio video production house uh lnrproductions.com is still the website it still is it still is and always will be and what's the twitter account uh it's lrprod lrprod at lrprod for twitter there you go uh it's good to have you all here we are open for business the podcast that explores all things business entrepreneurship technology marketing customer service making a few bucks for yourself it's really we've settled on how to get and keep customers Exactly. Or how to not get and lose customers. That would be the opposite end of it. Because sometimes those are funny stories. But we have some, uh, we have great articles to go through tonight. This is very exciting. We're going to start off first by um, how to talk about pricing without scaring people off. And Tommy has that for you. Well, we're going to get going with that. And even though our buddy Ken Cook is not joining us this evening, he's down in Phoenix, Arizona, celebrating his 30th. Can you imagine that, Brian? 30th wedding anniversary? I thought you were going to say his 30th birthday. I was like, wow, he looks terrible. <laughs> he does 30. look, yeah, he wow. does look terrible yeah. for 30. Sorry, Ken, if you're tuning in. Wait a second. I know how old Ken, what did he get married like when he was 20? He got married early because he's uh, 58 years old. So he got oh, married. Oh, he's 58? Yeah, he's 58. I thought it was like, like 48, 50. Well, he's going to okay. he's coming back with a hug and a kiss for you. No, he's 58. I thought he was like 82. <laughs> which would be the reverse of 28, which is the year he got married. So <laughs> so anyway, Ken would be proud because this is all about getting and keeping customers. And the bottom line often is the bottom line of getting and keeping customers, and that's pricing. Right. So I came across this article, and I thought it was really good. And they talk about that often for us as salespeople owners that one of the scariest things to do is to approach your client and tell them how much your product or service is going right. to cost. Do you feel the same way Brian when you're you know when you're addressing your clientele? I do. do? I do. Yeah, and and we and we're and we have a big price tag. And, and people can't fathom what financial planning is through our system until they go through it. And then once they go through it in the first year they're like, yeah, this is cheap. And what do you think the genesis, though, of that fear is? Because that's what this article, in part, certainly starts off by talking about, is that it's a scary proposition to approach your client and say, this is how much it costs. I think from our perspective, um, talk is, uh, you know, from anyone's perspective, talk is cheap. And so as good as we are about explaining the process and, and what we do, we know that when we say we run, you know, what if scenarios and uh, we really compile all of your financial data and create uh, you into a cash flow entity and da, 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 so you can protect, grow, enjoy, and perpetuate your wealth. People don't 
they don't know what to think of that yet. And so uh, it, it takes a little more hand-holding and a little like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, what do you mean when you say this? What do you mean when you say you're going to write investment guidelines for me? What, what does that mean? What do you mean you're going to do a risk tolerance on me? So um, not really until someone experiences it um, do we uh, do we actually get the full buy-in, I think. Well, it's interesting because the very first point in this article that I read talks about the tone of your approach. And I believe, and we recently, one of our shows paid tribute to Zig Ziglar, mm. and I think this is a Ziggy phrase, don't sell, explain. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're talking about is why begin the sales process by selling, begin the sales process by explaining. And that's what I'm hearing that you folks yeah. attempt to do. And you really, I mean, you know, you, you walk in somewhere and say there's a $12,000 price tag for financial planning. They'd be like, yeah, you know, Merrill Lynch does this for free. <laughs> like, no, they don't. Let me explain. <laughs> Here's what we actually do. But that's, you know, that's... Uh, that's the shtick, and and I think that's important. You know, if, if you don't explain it, then you're not on the same page, and so there's no reference point to why something is worth it. Well, and, and I, right on. And the other thing that they encourage is keeping it simple, and I think in this day and age of information overload, which most people I know would say they experience on a fairly regular basis, you know, for you to expect them to be able to digest all the nuances of the product, the service that you're bringing to the table in the very first paragraph might at best be, you know, um, delusional. Yeah. <laughs> so then moving on, they talk about a note about timing, you know, just the timing of explaining. And they really, they suggest that the explanation of pricing is somewhere introduced in the beginning and then certainly reinforced at the end of that conversation. I'm not sure personally if I agree with that particular assessment. I think it's important to give a little perspective from my point of view as to where the pricing goes. But, um, you know, if you're really cheaply priced, like if you're a really good deal, you know, regardless of what the dollar is, um, it's kind of fun to shock them at the end of how cheap it is. Like, we're going to do, like, these 9 million things for you, and it's going to cost 58 cents. Like, that would be kind of fun to do that, because then it's just like, you know, you have the money before you're, you know, before you've stopped talking. But uh, putting perspective on it is, is I think, good. And, and we do that. We say, you know, typically, you know, the, the annual fee is anywhere from, uh, you know, 5 to 20 thousand dollars so now they're now they're in there and they're starting to think to themselves whereas before if i just said five thousand dollars they might be like well maryland does this for free now five to twenty now they're thinking to themselves oh my god what the heck does he do for twenty thousand dollars <laughs> you know so at least it, it gives a little perspective and you know so you're saying almost by tantalizing that that's what it sounds a little bit like by dropping that five to 20, you're, you know, you're intriguing them to wonder, you know, what that range of services might provide. Is that what I'm hearing from you? It is. Only once has this happened where I've said five to $20,000 came back with a fee for 12. And the guy looked at me and said, what happened mean, to you, five? You mean, no. <laughs> oh, and he said, what do you mean? I, I'm not a $20,000 client. Whoa. Like he thought like he was, you know, this is complicated stuff. And, 
like, how dare you only charge me $12,000? I want more clients like <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> but, but that was, you know, that's, that's ego. But it's, it doesn't happen often. But yeah. it's fun when it happens. Absolutely. So let me ask you a question, though, because the third point that they bring up is pricing on the website. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and I have to say, I, I you know, I'm going to put, put the... The X sign on that. I wouldn't do that in a million years, not on my product and service. I would not. It depends on how much of a commodity your product or service is. Um, like we have toyed, for the, the station here, we have toyed with having uh, rate cards up on the website. The problem is, is that it, it kind of pigeonholes you. Absolutely. Um, so th the norm would be, you know, you, you increase that by two or three hundred percent and then the guy feels like he's getting a deal from your internet price right you know what i mean um, i mean we work, I really we know. work with a ton of car dealerships and in that particular industry's case they have no choice but because but a the car is a commodity right an online buyer is going to go on and they're going to be looking whether it's a brand new chevy impala yeah. or a five-year-old chevy impala they're going up and they are price shopping and they're not going to ring you up they're not going to drive into your dealership unless they have a good sense of how much you're going to charge and in many cases by the dealers that we work with they're walking in with the printout in their hands and saying okay here it is here's the price that you have listed on your website where is that car I, i'd like to purchase it now yeah you know what and this is just an interesting you know get and keep customers on the get customers thing i went over to ford because uh, i'm looking at a new car because you know i got nothing else to do um <laughs> <laughs> i was actually just kind of i was playing around i like to build cars on the web just for fun um and, and see all the different options so i built this ford fusion which is really really cool and it's got you know you you spend 25 35 minutes building this thing with all the you know you're picking the color and what the interior color is with the out exterior color and, da -da 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 -da. and then at the end it says okay here it is and this is whatever the price was and you know would you like us to send this to uh, someone for a quote for for an official quote from right. a dealership and i said sure boop and i sent it and i got back um an email from uh Dan, I don't know how to say his name, Cicerello or something like that. that he works. was over at uh, Crowley. A nice Irish boy. Yeah, over at Crowley Ford. I don't think he's Irish. Um, <laughs> so CrowleyAuto.net. And, like, he's going back and forth. And he had, he contacted me. He he emailed me, and he, and he called me. And I said that that was fun on the two things. And, you know, I just couldn't talk to him at the moment. But I said, you know, get back to me. And, you know, I'll let you know. And then he sends me another email today saying, you know, just following up. I said, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, now, do you have my car there with all my specs so I can come and check it out or something close to it? Maybe not the color, but whatever. And he says, you know, I don't actually have the specs. They just tell me that you're interested in a Ford Fusion. And I'm thinking to myself, I just spent, you have this monstrous site at Ford to build the, uh, to build the car. And then the guy fills out all that information, tantalizes you. It's not cheap for them to, to make that kind of website. Absolutely. And uh, that's a technology breakdown as far as I'm concerned. And he doesn't get the info for the car I want. That's a, so now I have to go and redo this all? Like, what was the point of me spending all that time? And what was the point of Ford building this, you know, thing on the Internet 
where I could uh, put all the bells and whistles. That is car. a forced shame. But you know what's interesting to me because uh, as we move on through this article, they talk a lot about the assumption that commerce is being conducted on the web. And I don't doubt that commerce is being conducted on the web. I know it happens every day and certainly this time of year. And yet as a business owner, and I have to believe you might feel the same way I do, if I'm going to get into pricing, my preference is to do what you and I are doing right now. I want to be able to engage in dialogue with my client. I want to be able to look him or her in the eye and be able to discuss, and at the very least be on the phone, as opposed to relying on their interpretation of my website and how yeah. they're choosing to read it. I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah, but it, it's part of the, it's managing your sales pitch. Right. Is really what it is, uh, I think. You know, the communication... The, the the price is only one element of this. You know, it's it's what are the four P's of marketing? Let's see if I can remember. Uh, product, price, promotion, and placement. Right. So, in there, you have a lot of you know you have three other important factors of what you do. Price is just one of them, and too often, uh, it'll just go away. Now, I will say it's great that guys can do research. Folks can do research on the internet, especially like buying a car. You know, you're not going to get hosed on it. And I've seen people get hosed on cars like I could not believe. Well, one of the, my contentions is and remains, and if anything only grows, is that benchmark of consumerism continues to rise. And it's because of the web. When you have a client walking in your door, walking in my door, walking in any door, if he or she has taken the time to do their homework, they they might have read th only three sentences about mm. what you do, yeah. but in those three sentences of accumulated knowledge, they're walking in a little bit smarter than they were prior to reading those three sentences. And you know that's it brings up an interesting point. I was thinking, does that make you know does a more educated consumer in this perspective of being able to really hammer down and get a great price, does that help our economy or hurt it? What it really means is, you know, our economy has this velocity, you That's know, this velocity point. of money. And if we're all so tight to the vest with this stuff, I wonder if that hurts the economy. I, I don't know. I, it's just. That's an interesting point. I've never viewed it in that light either. But I think you've, you bring up a really good point because many a retailer that my company deals with cries rivers of tears and how lean their margins are and their margins often are you know based on the market competition and the fact that that consumer can go on the website and price five different we'll stay within the car industry yeah. five different dealerships and get them to scratch it down to a buck and a half yeah and i mean you can do it with anything i'm thinking of uh, like ems or you know uh, north face or like camping gear and stuff you go over to Amazon, you can buy this stuff all day long. Absolutely. And you can research very easily, and they do most of the research for you. What's the lowest price? You know, this is the internet price for Amazon, and then, uh, you know, there are other ones that are as low as, you know, a backpack that's 300 bucks uh, on Amazon. Might be 400 bucks in the store, but, you know, you could buy it for $98 on eBay. <laughs> like, oh, all right. That's that's interesting. Um the the kind of product though is different i'm thinking of like um there is a, a tcby uh, which is like a frozen yogurt shop yummy i could use one whatever right now. The, whatever they're going to charge i have no comparison to what frozen yogurt should be i mean i guess you could go to like 
the grocery store and figure out Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, but I mean, you know, for the you know building your own and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I, whatever they're going to charge me is they're going to charge me, and I'm not going to do any research on it. But for stuff like camping gear or candles or bedding, good point. Or you know, almost any other physical product that I'm not going to consume immediately. You know, you look at Starbucks. Who the, why the heck do I spend all that money at Starbucks? Because it's a great cup of coffee. It's a good cup of coffee, <laughs> but it's not like, you know. Well, you know, know, I'm a Starbuckian, Brian, so that might be a, a battle we'll have to resolve some other time. But you know, going back to what you were talking about a moment ago, one of the points that they bring up again is to be really clear about the value for the price. And you making sure, and again, do you rely on your website to convey that value, or do you have a better shot, and I hate to put it in these terms, but I will anyway, of closing business when you can have a sit-down with the client to yeah. say, here's the reasons why you should be choosing my firm as opposed to the three others that you're talking to yeah. in this moment. And unless it's not a commodity, unless it's something that's so unique, you know, I'm thinking of... Uh, this guy, uh, Throwboy, he has, uh, if you go to throwboy.com, it's all these really funny pillows that he makes. And they have uh, like emoticons and uh, little like texting phrases like LOL or something. And the pillows are in the shape of like a chat bubble. And on it, it says like LOL or LMOA or something like that. Now, you're not going to find that anywhere. So whatever he's going to charge for it. You're going to buy it. You know, if that's what you want, if that strikes your fancy. Absolutely. Great. That That's what you're going to buy. But if you're going to buy, you know, a pillow for your bed to sleep on, you know, yeah, the first thing you're going to look at is price, probably. No doubt about it. And then it. you're going to figure out what can I buy, what how, how much quality can I buy in my price point? I, you know, I, I think leaving that to, uh, leaving that sales pitch um, to the internet is... Uh, is a tough go. I mean, what's funny is to go into some of these betting stores and listen to the salesman pitch you about the betting. You're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, really? Oh, it's the best night's sleep, really? And if it's not, do I get it for free? <laughs> like, what's the... Right. What's the how, how do back? I hold you to that? Well, it's like being in the you know, radio or, in, or TV industry. They guarantee certain points. You guarantee a certain amount of Zs, and then if if yeah. I reach those Zs, then uh, then uh, you know I don't have to pay. So, but using that as a segue point, one of the points that they bring up here in this article is addressing the questions. And what you just said, as far as I'm concerned, is a key reason why you don't want to rely on the website to be the vehicle to answer questions for your client because it's too nuanced as far as I'm concerned. I think you could rely on it for that, but I don't like the pricing, like you said. Okay. Unless it's a crazy commodity. I mean, you can. Use, it's a tool for you to use to explain. You know, if you're researching something, you, you give them all the info that's great about your product. And they can read that on their own time, and now they're now they're prepared. Maybe they are closer to pulling the trigger and opening up their wallet. But don't uh, I, I wouldn't. I, you don't want your 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 viewers of or whatever folks looking at your website to have to go through a sales process soup to nuts and then close them on the web. It's tough. Again, it's not for that's not true for everything, but for most businesses, I, I think that's true. I, I tend to agree. 
Um, though, you know, I here's what I would say to that. My concern is, you know, if I send you the same email that I send three other people, am I going to have the same interpretation of that email from all four of you? No. Right, exactly. So how then do you know your points on the website are being interpreted? And if, if it works most of the time, that's great, but what percentage of the time is it not working? This is an interesting one. Number five, they have reassure their direction. Explain that one to me. Well, I think that, is it direction or is it decision? Oh, decision, sorry. Okay. I, I can't. Okay. <laughs> reassure their decision. Well, I think that what that what that means is is that you know they're about to you know say yes. You know, it's the buyer's remorse thing. You know, I've actually decided to purchase the product. I'm going with you. You're you know you're the financial planner. I'm going to work with, but somewhere inside of them, there's still little tremors. Is this guy going to beat the the daylights out of me? Is he picking my pocket? Whatever the objections might be to your industry. So you are there to hold the hand, take the temperature, and maybe even break out the burping blanket. This is uh, names of other companies um, that you have worked with, uh, results that you have achieved, handpicked testimonials, social media or third-party site testimonials, or customer case studies. You know what I learned this, was it this week? No, it was last week. Uh, late last week. I'm, I'm thinking of redoing my, our, my other business's website. And I had the idea of creating another blog over there. And so uh, I called up actually the uh, Department of Banking that you know, they're like the compliance folks of, of what you can and can't do. I said, you know, I just have this idea. It's, I'm not doing it. I'm just kind of flavoring it out this week. And he said, yeah, you can do all that. Do the blog. Make sure you save all the stuff. Take a screenshot, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and you can't have any testimonials. You cannot have case studies. You cannot have someone write you a note and blah, blah, blah. Like, that's amazing to me. I can't have case on my website. So I have to really generically tell people, like, well, if there was a client in such a situation, but the, but, the, but, the, but, the, but I can't make it real. Really? Yeah. Is that just a, a state or federal statute? That's a, uh, well, state of Connecticut for sure. Okay. Wow. But, well, I didn't know that about that. But I'm only going to have one website. So, <laughs> you know, if one state doesn't like it, then I got to. I got to follow it for all the states. So I guess in wrapping this up, at least for the time being, you know, my suggestion is, and certainly it's something that I practice and preach, is to be, you know, to do your very best to get in front of the client, to be brave about, you know, engaging the process, and to recognize that, you know, that that you do have the value to charge the price for the service and product that you are providing. I agree. It's that really that simple. I agree. Uh, there's another great one that you can use. All of these kind of connect together, folks. Um, so, you know, you're thinking about how to talk about pricing and how do you do that with, you know, how do you, making your website uh, a sales tool. Here are eight insightful, they say insightful, marketing predictions <laughs> for uh, 2013 and beyond. This is from uh, HubSpot. All, all four of these, by the way, are from HubSpot. If you go to blog.hubspot.com. Uh, very cool website um, of all sorts of different blog posts. As prolific a website as I've ever seen. It's pretty good. It really is. Uh, social and content influence SEO. Remember what SEO stands for? Search engine optimization. Let me tell you, I have a little, a little P 
piece of annoyance in me about SEO because SEO, search engine optimization, is really just cheating. It's really what it comes down to. You know, we want the internet to be this sort of organic thing that just ha you know, it's it's become we've been able to harness it so well now that search engine optimization is it's kind of rigged now. Um you probably need a little bit of it, but you know, the old days it used to be make sure you had, you know, the proper meta tags for whatever your content was and make sure you had the right title and do a little maybe maybe you do a a blog post on something that's in the news so it's timely but now what people are doing is they're sort of gaming the system because we have all this information available now uh you know you can go over to, here's an easy way to game the system go over to your twitter account and look up what is trending on twitter then take that and put that phrase in your blog post really what a good idea i know it's great idea, but it's kind of cheating you weren't thinking of making a blog post about that. It's sort of, it's sort of, uh, it's SEO driving content as opposed to content driving SEO. Oh yeah, that's an interesting twist on it. But uh, you know, you can talk to your guys about that. But you know, th there's all sorts of uh, great little tips um, that you can use for that. It's a little underhanded, but if you really need to kind of ramp yourself up and get a little bit. It may not be underhanded, though. If, if It's non-organic. It's non-organic. Okay. It's, it's push marketing. Right. It's really what it is. Um, but ultimately, you want to get people to knock on the door. Yes. And if that's helping, if you're pushing them to knock on the door, I, I think that there could be worse things. Speaking about push marketing, email lives on in marketing. I have been getting a lot of very, very well-produced um, like newsletters. I'm not even sure you can call them newsletters anymore because they're just wonderfully organized emails with all sorts of great links. I mean, it's almost as if they're emailing me the front page of their website. That's how nice they are. Um, this works. I, I like this. Uh, you have to make sure that you have the ability to uh, have these folks unsubscribe if they don't like you, which is a law. Um, but I like email uh, marketing. That's really push marketing. That's obvious push marketing. You got someone's email address. You're just going to send them an email. Uh, you can't spam people, uh, but that's why you have the unsubscribe. But beyond that, yeah, I, I, I like it. When you say it works, what do you mean by that? Have you responded, reacted to? Absolutely. The, and are you considering doing the same thing for your company? I'm not because... Um, I'm not looking for people to click on my website. I'm not looking for page views. Okay. You know, I'm looking to make my website, uh, one, a resource, and two, um, an oversized yellow page ad is really what it is. Uh, so my, the purpose of my website is not to generate business. It's more to be a little helpful, but also just kind of explain the process. It's not there to collect credit cards and, you know, send to my PayPal account. Which is different. And I'm not, you know, I don't have advertisers on my website. So there's no reason for me to try to drive up traffic there um, in this fashion. But um, I could probably see myself doing something like that if I had a blog post. But I, I'd rather do it organically. There's a little, there's a subtlety there. It's not very important for me to have huge readership. It's important for me to have the right readership. Well said. So I, I think that that's why that push marketing won't work for my business. Um, but that's all right. 
Um, another prediction, marketing becomes more accountable for revenue generation. I love it. One of the great things about having an internet radio station is we know exactly how many people listen. With the new Stitcher app, by the way, and really, I would love it if you guys um, listen to us on Stitcher. I don't know if you listen to us on iTunes or whatever, but Stitcher gives us great details. They give us like bounce rates, like how you know, like someone left after 15 seconds. They let us know what percentage of people did that, what percentage of people went more than 15 seconds. If they went more than 15 seconds, did they finish the whole show? It's really cool. So, And this is just technology catching up with ideas. Um, what's, what's, I think, scary uh, with the Internet accountability that we have now is broadcast media and television. Oh, they're so nervous. Understand they're so yourself. nervous. The, they've been relying on these scams of Arbitron ratings and what's the other one, Nielsen ratings, for years and years and years. And now the curtain is going to finally be lifted, and we're going to see the little man just making stuff up behind the curtain. Just to stop you for a second, did you see that Nielsen is buying Arbitron? That was on Fox Business Network today. And, well, I mean, that's just, you know, that's one dying fish buying another dying fish, <laughs> and soon they'll both be dead. You know, no one cares about Nielsen anymore. Especially, in fact, today we got rid of our uh, direct TV. Did you really? And we're not replacing it. We're cord cutting. We're not going to have any access to that stuff. However, all the shows we want to watch, available for free online. So we'll we'll do that. Plus all my favorite podcasts. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, so what's the next groovy point that they bring up here? Inbound, not automation, becomes priority. So marketing um, automation would be set up a blog post and it automatically distributes everywhere. Okay. Those numbers were great in the beginning when none of us really knew what to do with those. We were just kind of, it was like a shotgun approach. We just blasted out everywhere. Now, and because of the accountability, we can kind of pick and choose. Not, not only do we know, you know, when people visit onthehorn.com, are they coming from uh, CT News Junkie? Are they coming from LinkedIn? Are they coming from our Twitter link? Are we coming from this? So now... We have this sort of inbound marketing. But what does that make me do now as a person? Well, that makes me want to go, let's say t Twitter is, you know, the great resource for people clicking on my stuff. Well, Twitter now has a feed where I can purchase advertising. So now I'm thinking to myself, boy, Twitter's really working well. It might be worth me spending some of my dollars to get more of my message out on Twitter since that seems to be the hotbed. So it's sort of this like reverse marketing thing happening, which is very cool, I think. Definitely. Uh, marketers will know that customers, yes, there's information about us everywhere. No doubt about um, it. It's almost kind of scary. Um, campaigns fade out, real-time marketing is in. This is sort of scary to me because, I mean, you know, this is an advertising company, really, is what we're doing here. We're creating content so we can get advertisers. Um, you can almost instantaneously know how many people are, are viewing. We're actually one week delayed um, just because of the manner of checking the numbers that we do. But we're only on the air once a week, so that's right. fine for me. But, uh, you know, these campaigns were, um, you know, you would do a six-month TV campaign 
or a 52-week radio campaign. No more. No more. People want to know exactly where their money is going and, and what is working. And production value is, you know, it has to be quality, but it can be turned around quickly. No doubt about it. As, as you know. So you can change a spot very quickly now. You don't have to call up, set up a studio time, da, 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 have the drive guy drive in. You can do it from his home. Um, so people can change their message to fit their needs, which is very cool, I think. Uh, context is content's new best friend. Uh, if you leverage the context of your message, which is tough to say, uh, you can really create a very personalized message, which I think is terrific. Um, this is, I think, also good for things like Google, uh, which is going to, I mean, I don't know if you've experienced this. You're searching for something. Let's say you're on Amazon, you're looking at watches. And then, you know, you're done with that task. And then you go over and you're looking at the news. All of a sudden, an Amazon ad for watches will appear next to what you're reading. Absolutely. It's, it's freaky. It's freaky that, that that kind of stuff happens. But uh, but I think it's fun because, you know what, that's obviously something that I'm interested in, and it's smart. In the right context. The the bad the bad thing is, is that, you know, if someone sends you a link to kitties or something like that, and all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, cat farms or something <laughs> like that, as, as that. Uh, let's see. Marketing technology evolves. Yeah. I mean, it, it's always going to evolve, but that's their last prediction. Pretty good stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the uh, the smart marketing. Smart is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. We're going to zip through this really quickly because we got a fun uh, thumbs-up, thumbs-down of top marketing campaigns. Absolutely. But uh, specific, do set real numbers with real deadlines. Don't say, I just want more visitors to my website. Measurable stuff. Uh, do make sure that you can track your goal. Don't hide behind the buzzwords like, brand engagement or social influence or whatever. Or clout would be another uh, uh, great buzzword. Uh, attainable. Do work toward a goal that uh, is challenging but is possible because otherwise you're just, excuse the expression, you know, you're just belching in the wind. Yeah, absolutely. Setting yourself up for failure. Uh, realistic. Be honest with yourself about uh, your timetable and what your team can actually do. And time-bound, give yourself the deadline but keep pushing toward your goal to break that, to break through your deadline. Don't kind of pull back when things are going great, you know. If you know, if you got $100,000 to do this quarter in sales and you're at 98 and it's January, you know, 20th, don't reel yourself back. Keep going. Keep going. I have to say I agree with all of those points. I really do. I think there I think this was spot on at least as far as I think as a marketer and as a business person. Uh, last great thing is sort of thumbs up, thumbs down of marketing campaigns. Time is going to go through that. We'll try to remember some of this. Um, we can play some of these, but some of them are really video oriented. Picture yeah. worth a thousand words. Well, and, 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 and part of the reason we're doing this tonight, folks, is this will be our last show of 2012 because next Tuesday is Christmas. And then we'll be back on January 1, 2013. How exciting is that? So we figured we'd just kind of review some of the campaigns that, um, you know, made hay in one form or another uh, out there in the marketplace. The first one is the Procter & Gamble campaign. It's called the Thank You Mom campaign, where they featured Olympic athletes for really, you know, starting training from a very young age. Right. 
I don't know if any of you remember that, but I have to say, I just thought this was a heartwarming, great motivational campaign. You know, as a producer myself, it was a Spartan approach, you know, very little verbiage, you know, great images, you know, really well done music. So for me, this one gets two thumbs up. You know, this was a thumbs up for me. This was uh, the Olympic athletes from across the world, whether they were in China or the U.S. or, uh, or France or wherever. And, uh, you know, it, it shows, you know, mom waking up the, the, the five-year-old early and they're all, you know, what that looks like in China, what that looks like in America, what it looks like, whatever. And they all slowly get up and they're very, very different approaches to what they eat for breakfast and all that kind of stuff and how they get to the, uh, how they get to practice all very different things, whether they're taking a train or a bus or they live in a, you know, in suburbia and they're driving the SUV, all very different things. And then when they get to train, all of a sudden, they're all equals again. And I think that was really cool. And then you see the shots of, you know, as they slowly grow up and excel, how proud their 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 parents are of them. I, I like that. That's very heartwarming to me. Um, it could be that I have a, a new little daughter. So maybe that's, I'm thinking maybe she's going to be an Olympic athlete. <laughs> we she's very tall. So. She's very tall. I don't know. Maybe she'll be a volleyball player. Well, that we hope so. Yeah, because that's certainly one of us boys' favorite sports in the Olympics. So the next one is the Samsung Galaxy campaign. Oh, this is a great one. Absolutely. The next best thing is already here, where they were going head-on after the iPhone. And uh, this was back in the summer, if I remember right. Yeah. Uh, let's see if we have a little audio here. Ooh, I love that. The headphone jack is going to be on the bottom. <laughs> I heard the connector is all digital. What? What does that even mean? Who knows? I'm psyched. All I'm saying is that they should have a priority line for people who've waited five times. I heard you have to have an adapter to use the dock on the new one. Yeah, yeah, but they make the coolest adapters. Welcome back. Guess that Galaxy S3 didn't work out. No, I, I love the GS3. It's extremely awesome. I'm just saving a spot in line for someone. That's not cool. Yeah, man. This year, we're finally getting everything that we didn't get last year. <laughs> yeah. The big screen. True 4G. Yep. So this is, you know, all these guys are saying, what's going to be happening with the new Galaxy Note? And then all of a sudden, you know, this guy is sitting there with the Galaxy. Uh, I'm sorry. They were talking about the iPhone 5, and they're talking about the Galaxy S3 from Samsung. And they're saying, well, you know, the next big thing is already here. We already have all this great stuff. We have this little you know, bump for contact info or content that we can just share immediately. And the one guy that's in line gets chided by everyone. Oh, yeah, that that Samsung didn't work out for you, huh? You're you're here buying the iPhone 5 of this today in this big, long line. He's like, no, I'm just here saving a spot in line. And who does it turn out to be? His parents. (laughs) So it was a great little role reversal where, you know, Apple used to be like the cool, hip thing of the young generation, and now it's like eh, just old people use the iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really great positioning. So again, it gets a thumbs up from this no, I, this end I of the love room. It. I almost I almost had to get rid of my iPhone five. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think we'll ever see that day, Brian, until that. the six comes out. Until the six, right? Exactly. So the next one is the Rodon Group, um, and this was a you know more B two B campaign. I believe it was mostly online, and basically what they were doing this was for manufacturing. They were attempting to position themselves, and and here's where my thumb is going to go down on this i didn't like the positioning cheaper than china how about better than china how about more value than china i mean i i guess the cheaper puts them in the same category 
that's my you know first blush response on this. Yeah, uh, you'd never want your marketing campaign to be me too, but cheaper. Right. Me too, but less expensive. You don't want that. Absolutely. Even if it's true, it, it can be a an additional resource, but uh, but it's not the one. How about the uh, JetBlue one? Is this one we can? Is this just a? Re- oh, this is a great. Can, can we play this one? I think is, I think so. I, I you know it's does been, it translate well? I, I yes, I believe it will translate really well. All right, let's see what this one does here. Forty four seconds. We got forty four seconds. Okay, this says get out and vote. Well, it's this is one of the reasons of why I love this camp- love this campaign is because it hitchhiked on to the campaign, the presidential campaign. So the timeliness of it was just, I thought, a home run. So this is uh, so it, it starts with a with a curtain right here. Just says, "Get out and vote." It's the best way. Uh, it's the best form of election protection. Right. Lots of promises will be made this election season. JetBlue is making sure at least one will be kept. If my candidate doesn't win, if my guy loses, I would seriously consider leaving the country. I would go to Mexico, Barbados, Jamaica. I would leave the country. <laughs> if things don't go it. your way, isn't it great? Worry. I see where it's going. I... To get out of the country with a free flight. <laughs> and that's <laughs> what they do. The dog, the cat, Sayonara, Home run idea. Adios. <laughs> Talk about timeliness. That goes back to the last subject that we talked That's about. That's funny. Right? I mean, it's just <laughs> right on. One of them's going to lose. <laughs> and if you guys want to get out of the country, fly JetBlue. Now, the only downside is did they alienate now all the Republicans since President won re-election? Is now JetBlue like... Wouldn't that be an interesting case study to follow for the next six months to a year to see how many, you know, how many Republicans fly JetBlue? If, if there was a stat that was available for that, I'd love to be able to see it. This I'm, is an interesting marketing one, this last one here. We're running out of time, so okay. I just want to make sure we get it in. But this is Felix uh, Baumgartner, who jumped out of the capsule um, in space and fell 128,000 feet. Mommy. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, that's what I forty sevens fly at like thirty five thousand feet. This guy is one hundred and twenty eight thousand feet up in the air. And it's just him and a suit. <laughs> like, Are you kidding me? Now, this was done with Red Bull. Uh, and into, I don't really know about marketing. Campaign or I mean, it was just sort of like. You know, like this was one of those fascinating things. Oh, and and you know, Red Bull always gives these guys a bunch of money. But it would look at the thing like it. Red Bull was not really, even though their logo is splashed everywhere. I didn't buy any Red Bull. Neither did I because of this. But it really, I mean, it certainly got their name out there. Is like, hey, Red Bull. I don't think they were going for guys like us, and especially guys like me. You know, maybe your demo a little bit more than mine, Brian. But I think it's much more the twenty. You know, twenty to thirty-five year old. I it hope could be. I, that's my guess. I, this one, I don't know. There was something about this. I mean, I give this guy credit, Felix, the the cat man. He's just what he did is as courageous as anything I've ever heard of. But I, this was almost a me tooism for Red Bull. I don't know. I, there was something about it that energetically did not work for me. So this would be a thumbs down on my part. Uh, I'm gonna go thumbs up. I mean, I don't really see. It's tough to know how much. You know, if they gave the guy like, I I don't even know. Like, if they gave the guy five million dollars to jump out of this thing, then maybe I don't know. But if it was like, you know, they gave him like half a million dollars to go do this, then that's great. I mean, they got a lot of eyeballs. 
a lot of eyeballs. You know, so I absolutely it was many, many million people that tuned into this and, event. And thank good. I mean, talk about the risk. What if this guy died in a Red Bull thing? Well, you <laughs> like, know something. That's a dude, good point. Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe I won't drink it this time. Uh, Autodesk Leverage Behavior Platform in Badgerville. In Badgeville. Badgeville. What the heck is this? Uh, you know something. It was. It was. I. I. It gave a cursory perusal, but it really discussed, uh, you know, inappropriate behavior. And, you know, I'm not, I, I can't really articulate it as well as I would like. Well, then it gets a thumb down. Okay, you can't articulate you, it. gets a go. thumbs down. Uh, cash register launch. This is really cool. Um, the, it, imagine if you're not watching the, uh, the video, you, you have an iPad as the cashier. Um, and you have a little thing that's stuck onto the uh, onto the uh, headphone jack, and you can slide your credit card through and your information. It just makes the cash register much more streamlined. Um, the only thing that freaks me out is, you know, you take my credit card information, and this thing looks a little flimsy, like someone can just pick it up and run out of the store, which you can't do. So I don't really know. It from the perspective of uh, graceful and elegant thumbs up from the perspective of you're talking about my payment info on something that's light easy to steal and all that it kind of gets a thumbs down yeah it's, it's a really good point I, i'm a square user i have the square and i've used it because of you know book sales and being in different situations yeah. where i needed to be able to accommodate um, and interestingly, I've had people that have expressed in so many words the concern that you just did. Like, I'm not sure I want to swipe my my credit yeah. card in that flimsy little, you know, square yeah. thing. So we're going to give them a thumbs down. Uh, TNT, the, uh, the, the television network, uh, pushed to add drama. This is, uh, they're in the market square, and there's this little pedestal with a big um, button on it. And hanging from, I don't even know where it's hanging from, but hanging from somewhere is this little arrow that's probably like two feet wide, and it says, push to add drama. And all the regular old pedestrians are like, what the heck? And they're walking around it, and they're looking at it. And finally, some guy rides up in a bicycle and pushes the button. And then all heck breaks loose where uh, a guy is coming out in a stretcher, and the guys that are carrying him, drop him on the floor and then they try, you know they have to pick him up and then the ambulance zooms in and they try to get him in there but as the ambulance zooms in another bicyclist you know gets hit by the ambulance and then they get in a fight with the ambulance driver and you know just all sorts of heck break loose then there's a gunfight and people are dying and all that kind of stuff and then they all get carted off and suddenly phew, all the actors are gone on this square and you look up and a little uh a little, uh, what is it called? A drop? A curtain? A, a big curtain comes down over the building and it says, TNT, push to add drama or something like or that. Or I think you it's know. We Know Drama. Oh, we Know Drama. Right. You know, like, that was really cool. And I like that a lot. And that goes back to what you talked about earlier. This is real-time marketing. This isn't a campaign that's been running, you know, for six months. This is in the moment, you know, yeah. you know slamming. And you know what? Evergreen. They can use. They can. I mean, this is just going to sit up there for years. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. I, 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 so it's a thumbs up on my part. That's for sure. Invisible children. 
I, this one was also confusing to me. So I didn't know. I didn't, I watched this like three times. I was like, I don't even know what the heck. What are they talking about? I, the it, Lord's Resistance Army. Yeah, and like I I don't know. This is it. It felt like someone was trying to scam me. Right. I didn't. Know? I didn't like it. So thumbs down on that one. And then last but not least, it's General Electric. GE Experts B two B Companies. Right. Uh. Explain this one to me. How, how are we going to explain this? Well, you've got the readout better than I do. I've got cryptic notes here. Okay. <laughs> so across all the platforms like Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter, General Electric has um, had a uh, consistent and engaging message that speaks to customers and engages their followers. And so we see this thing that looks almost like the Windows 8 tiles. And it says, uh, you know, United 787 generator failure confirmed. And, you know, who is who is the guy that's going to be responsible for fixing that at General Electric? Boom. It's this guy, whatever his name is, Jimmy, Jimmy Yay. Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy Cricket. Now, see, I, I mean, it looks as if they're trying to say our people um, are really well connected to what's happening at General Electric, and we want to share that with you through Instagram, Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter, all the the usual places. But I'm not really sure to what end. Like it's great that like I like I imagine I I had no doubt that you were connected to whatever the heck is going on in your company. But I don't really know why I need to know who the experts are. I, like it's just sort of. You're putting a face to where there wasn't one and there didn't need to be. I mean, the other it's side of that, though, is serving almost. Well, it, it could be that. But how important is it in the industries that they serve to be able to personalize it, to take it to that next intimate level, as opposed to we're GE and, you know, we're a faceless organization. So I think there's some merit to it. It could be. That was a fun show. That was a great little 2012 wrap-up there. I, I think my favorite one is the Thank You Mom one. Though. Me too. I'm with you. And maybe Followed the, quickly no, by the TNT. Yeah, right. No coincidence that the Thank You Mom was number one on their list too. Yeah, no coincidence. Hey, thank you all for joining us. We cannot do the show, by the way, without our sponsors who pay an exorbitant amount. I mean, the pricing that these guys pay. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, they're great. Uh, Gateway Financial Partners, the accounting firm of Budwitz and Meyer Jack, Deepwater Seafood, and CentralCTDental.com. Hey, tell us what you think about the show and what your memories are and what you might want to think about uh, doing in the future here. Amen. We'd love let to us, hear from let you. Let us know your thoughts. Email uh, Tommy, me, or Ken at Open for Business. Ken who? Ken Cook. I'm joking. Tommy, <laughs> Ken, or me. Open for business at onthehorn.com. And uh, we will see you, uh, what, in like two weeks or so? In two weeks. All right. Two weeks from tonight. Special thanks to Evan Richards in our uh, in our chat room, having a little chat with all of our friends over there. We're going to close up business for this week, but we'll be back in a couple weeks, 5 p.m. on Tuesday. What is it, the 9th? No, the... The 1st. The 1st. Oh, oh, it's the 1st. It yes, is the 1st. New Year's Day. Yeah, exactly. We're going to be back here, 5 p.m. Eastern, when we will once again be open for business. We'll see you guys. Bye now. Thank you.